0: Welcome to Connect Church. We're a new church in the East Windsor-Heightstown area, and we're a church that is looking to connect to Jesus and community. We're so glad you've joined us.
1: Good afternoon. So good to see you guys here today. I invite the Browns to come and join me. Uh, you know, here at Connect Church, uh, we want to connect to Jesus and community, and sometimes community is broader than just uh, our little sphere of the world here and so I'm uh, going to give you an opportunity uh, to hear about the Browns. I had an opportunity to meet Mike at sectional council I believe uh, a few months ago. Uh, we'll give you guys a microphone there and I uh, just want to welcome you guys to Connect Church and I uh, want to give an opportunity for us to hear a little bit about you guys and what God has for your life and so just wondering what was it like or how did God call you to this point in your life? What was a little bit of the process and journey for you?
2: Yeah, I think it's it's always a, a question we get, and, and that's the thing is, uh, it's a journey, right? Like, I look back, and you try to find, where, where did that point where I remember God start kind of leading me in that direction? or, And there's so many moments, but I, I always look back to when I was nine, actually. There were some missionaries sharing at our church, and, um, and it was just the first time that I just felt like, man, that would be so cool to be able to go somewhere else, right? We just sang the lyrics, if the wind goes where you send it, so a lie, and so I think just having that mindset it was the first time I thought, like, man, that could be really far away, and that'd be really cool, and uh, I think that's really when God, just as a child, really began stirring my heart, maybe for something in the future.
0: Um, for me, I uh, grew up actually here in this district, and my home church is in Hamilton. My dad was on staff there as a pastor to the deaf, and I um, you know, so a lot of my spiritual formation happened at youth camps and conventions and all that kind of stuff growing up. Um, so I've known Carolyn a long time. Um, and I was 14 years old when I was on a mission trip in the Dominican Republic. And um, that was it was there that um, God spoke to my heart and I knew that I would be in missions someday. And it was that simple.
1: Awesome. That's cool to see how God's been working both of your life uh, over many years to bring you where you are now. So, in your roles as missionaries, what what does that look like on a day-to-day, right now, week-to-week, uh, just so we could get a kind of idea of like what your ministry is is all about?
2: Yes, and that is one of the trickiest questions we get because every missionary is different, right? Just like people, pastors, everyone's different, and so it's like day-to-day is kind of hard for us to nail down, right? Because it just changes so much, but it's still a fair question that deserves a fair answer, and so uh, while it does change, there are obviously certain things. Uh, if, if I took and just said kind of broad picture, what, what do we say yes to? What do we say no to in ministry? Uh, I go back to the words of Jesus, Luke 4, 18, just that very first part. It says, uh, for the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. And the word poor, as I was studying it, it is not just a reference to economically poor, though. That's part of it. It can be. But it's really anyone marginalized or outcast. And so for us, uh, that looks like ministry to those who are marginalized and outcast. It's it's the question of okay, there's a church in Bolivia where we're at reaching people. Who aren't they reaching? Who isn't getting a seat at the table? And how can we help make that happen? And so there are some things that happen maybe day to day, but that's why I just it just changes so much because it's just really uh, in each area it's kind of different and what that takes. And uh, well, I'll just I'll let Polly just say. Uh, Briefly, a couple of the things that we do ministry-wise, what that looks like.
0: Yeah, so as I mentioned, my dad um, was a pastor to the deaf here in New Jersey. Both of my parents are deaf. And um, so so um, the need for deaf ministry, we're very aware of the need for deaf ministry, even here in the U.S. Um, but as we were in Bolivia, we just really um, began to feel burdened for the deaf there. Um, We were in the middle of the jungle one time um, in a very rural, remote area, and a pastor, we were at a church conference, and Mike was speaking, and he shared that we work with the deaf, and a pastor approached us and said, I just really need some help. My son is deaf, and he was in his early 20s. He said, we have no way to communicate with him. He had never been to school. Um, He said, we just don't know what to do with him. So we began to just kind of give him some practical advice and Talk to him. And in that conversation, it struck me. And I asked this pastor, does your son know Jesus? And he said, no. So a pastor's son who doesn't know Jesus just because he's deaf. And the reality is that there's millions of deaf throughout Latin America who don't know Jesus, not because they can't hear, but because very few people are bringing the gospel to them in their heart language. So we've been working with a small group of Deaf at our church and discipling them and doing Bible studies. And we just desire to see a deaf church raised up in ministry. Um, We want to see some of these deaf that we're working with called to be pastors and leaders in the church. So um, we're just excited for the opportunities there. Yeah. And
2: and just practically on that, because, again, getting back to the question is, which meant for a season, every day meant studying Bolivian Sign Language for a time. And then every day meant okay preparing and planning a lesson for the deaf and then during covid when they were stuck at home with nothing to do it meant creating devotional videos for them to be able to study and so that's why i say it just changes it's not that we don't have stuff to do every day but just each season brings something different and new and so then the other ministry we're super involved in is, is kids and impoverished communities and so we do that child hope is a ministry that it's like a sponsorship ministry and um and, and so the idea is, hey, help, help meet their known needs, need for education, need for food, need for other simple basic necessities in life. Help meet those known needs so that then we can show them their unknown needs of Jesus. And, and so it's just taking compassion and, and and mixing that together with the gospel. So, so some weeks I'm just traveling around a different school sharing with kids. And some weeks we're preparing an event for that. And so that's why it's, the day-to-day is kind of tricky, but that's just to give you an idea, at least a picture of some of the ministry and what what those days, however they look, what they're ultimately gearing toward,
1: if that makes sense. No, that's great, and thank you for sharing that. It's incredible to see you guys just being faithful to what God has called you to do, and we just want to thank you uh, for doing that. And I'm sure there's different challenges there along the way, so we'd like to know, uh, as a church, how can we best pray for you? How can we best partner with you?
2: Yeah, um, man— Prayer is so huge. Someone, someone said, You know, prayer is the least you can do. And, and I heard someone else say, and I agreed with them. They're like, No, prayer is the most you can do. <laughs> like, if we're not praying through something, then what are we even doing? What are we even believing? Um, and so there, there are challenges. We, we, just some simple things. Um, just pray for open doors, wisdom with what that looks like, the deaf ministry. Start, starting something from nothing is not easy, right? And so you need wisdom, and, and that's probably going to be education incorporated into that too. How do we educate these young deaf people? Um, and so because if they don't have an education, they don't have a, a language, how can we ever communicate with them the gospel? Kind of that story of the pastor's son in the jungle. He, he never had an opportunity to have access. How can we do something about that? So praying very specifically that God would open doors for us just to to have those inroads with the deaf, to see that deaf church planted, to see deaf in Bolivia receive the call of Jesus to to pastor and to lead those kinds of ministries because they're going to be more effective than I ever will at at reaching other deaf in Bolivia. Um, Another, just a very, very specific prayer request, and this is the thing is when you're working with, with a bunch of kids at a bunch of different schools, lots of needs pop up over time, and one that's just heavy on my heart. So I'm gonna ask everyone, the Spanish speakers will do a better job pronouncing. If you don't pronounce her name right, that's all right, because God knows. But there's this little girl, she's 13, almost 14, Anair, and I'm asking prayer for her because her kidneys are not functioning, and the doctors say there's nothing left they can do. And uh, and they're just giving her no hope. And so the mom came to us because we prayed for her before, God healed her before. She had something else that came up that changed her situation. And so we're just praying again because this is an opportunity once again to show the mom God is real. And so just praying specific for Anair would be great. Ana, if that's easier. But then in general, praying that God would give us those right opportunities in those communities to be able to pray through and just show them that God is able. You know, I think I think that's huge. And so that's the number one way to partner Obviously, there's always uh, financial support. There's always opportunities to go and serve in Bolivia. Anyone feels a tug on their heart, just let us know. You can get, I think we have a few of these on us. You can get a prayer card from us, and you can communicate with us that way. And, and uh, Yeah, but anyway, I think those are, are kind of those some of those prayer needs, and, and prayer is huge, and we appreciate that.
1: Can we pray for you right now?
2: Absolutely. Oh, and... And Paul, well, Polly's also pregnant, and actually, her due date I just found out is very one within one day of okay, a little Vera. So uh, anyway, we're just praying for God's favor and that too, and then everything that entails, because now you get lots of paperwork for a whole other person going to another country, more visa and all that stuff. So anyway, so prayer for all that too is great.